For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. Okay, flakes and 99s dominate the, the red tops today. It is a Scorchio, but there's problems apparently with the flakios. So we need to be calling 999. Don't go doing that. That's just a joke. But all of the red tops today are talking about the flakiness of the flake. It's Egyptian chocolate and it's causing havoc. That's what the red tops are saying. Is it true or not? Are we living in the middle of a flake in hell? We'll have to find out in a few minutes' time. So hang in there for that story. I will return to it. Uh, mentioned yesterday morning, just coming on the air, in fairness, Kevin spotted it around about 10 minutes to midday when they dropped the census. Um, and we have all of the papers picking up on census 2022 today. Um, I love stats and research and statistics. If, if you do too, the population is higher, higher now um, in, than it ever has been in 171 years. So it's higher than before. For the famine now. Now, the downside to that, of course, is that the population continues to grow, but so will uh, the pressure on the likes of schools and hospitals and homes. But we 5.1, well, it's 5,149,139 people to be precise. And the amount of people who uh, identify as Roman Catholic has dropped down from 79% to 69%, but still 3.5 million people ticked the box for Roman Catholic. Interestingly, others ticked different boxes. And I see in the census this morning that 1,800 people identify themselves as Jedi Knights. And they break it down then in county by county and they look at how healthy people are or how happy people are, how old people are. Like the papers this morning talk about the fact that people are living longer. Uh, In fact, that's also picked up in the mail today where they say because of this figure in the census showing that in just six years, the number of people aged over 65 rose by more than 140,000. It means that we either need to raise taxes or increase the pension age. Otherwise, uh, the country will go bust or they will have to just increase taxes. So that's a stark warning coming on the back of the census report in the front of the mail today. Raise taxes or increase the pension age. Force people to work longer. Now, for some, they would wish to do so, and I'd be amongst them, happy enough to plough away. But others, of course, want to get to 65, and there are other countries where it's even lower than that, and they want to quit and retire and enjoy other aspects of their lives. There's another story regarding stats today. And I know we dealt with this on the air, particularly for those of you that are getting scam texts from the likes of eFlow, the toll company, or scam texts from your bank, or from the HSE, or from the Gardaí, or different businesses, or government departments. You know the way it is. You know, Amazon, supposedly Amazon, supposedly Unpost, all these scam texts. 16,000 Irish victims that they know of to those kind of scams. Um, And in Ireland alone, the amount of money that's been lost by people or stolen in this type of crime in the last two and a half years is 40 million euro, which means that unfortunately people are being caught with these texts. You would think that people would be totally on red alert now, but not everybody. People lead busy lives, I suppose, or they drop their guard. So 300 suspects have been identified with regards to this racket. Much of it started with a thing called iceboof.cc. Now, I won't bore you with the intricate details of what they do, but there was a website that was shut down by law enforcement. Um, And what what it was, was it was kind of a a go-to shop for criminals. And it gave the criminals the tools that they needed to disguise phone calls. So it appeared that they were coming from trusted organisations like banks, uh, or indeed like government departments, or Amazon, or on post. 
Uh, and that's how people were being caught. Uh, oh, t- stay, staying with tech, actually, TELUS are making the uh, making Cork Bureau this morning and also the Irish Examiner uh, redundancies at the Canadian business service uh, firm TELUS International. It was actually brought up in the doll yesterday. We'll come back to this story because um, uh, there's big changes there with regards to the structuring of the company. They, got, they employ more than 2,000 people in Cork and Dublin and 76,000 across the globe. And I've been getting some texts recently from TELUS employees uh, and some were let go already and more are to go apparently they lost a couple of they've either lost or they have outsourced to Bucharest um, some key accounts like Airbnb for instance so more on that throughout the the course of of this morning Um, the papers also talk about people who are working and the amount of people who are indeed renting but sadly uh, it's not good news because they're saying that nearly 5,000 renters have received their uh, notice to quit their lease termination in the three months of this year, the first three months of this year. So those figures were anticipated. Um, I, I don't know whether it's going to go higher for the second and the third quarter. I would imagine that it probably will. But in the first three months since the lifting of the uh, of the ban, 5,000 that we know of uh, issues to quit and terminations. Uh, and talking about terminating things, the front of the Echo today Uh, regards it as a bonkers scenario. The words of the East Cork TD, Pat Buckley. You know the changes that Unpost made there a few years back and there was a lot of ramifications for Cork. They're considering doing more now uh, with uh, moving staff from Middleton Sorting Office to Little Island and also the possible development of a facility at McCroom that would incorporate McCroom and Ballincollig. Is it still the case, though, that every kind of letter and every parcel, etc., 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 it would be posted in Cork, first goes up to Tullamore and then it comes back down to Little Island. I'm open to correction on that. It's an inter- There's many, many court reports today, but one of particular interest um, is, is one where a man, and this is an allegation, it's an accusation of an armed raid at an off-licence, but interestingly, uh, he got bail, accused of carrying out an armed and masked raid at an off-licence, was granted bail on High Court Appeal, uh, the case has been adjourned now to uh, September, but it was alleged that the raider cycled afterwards to the grounds of UCC after the robbery, changed his clothes and counted the money. Now, the judge adjourned the case for four months. The Gardaí objected to bail being awarded. The allegation is that in January, around about half past seven on the 5th of January, uh, he went to the carryout wearing um, a balaclava, the carryout in Galabi Street wearing a balaclava, produced a knife put a member of staff in fear and demanded cash. The Gardaí said the evidence is very strong and it's all been captured on CCTV. But the interesting point here is bail uh, while awaiting trial. Um, you know, this is a, a story actually that we kind of dealt with yesterday with regards to the HSC and the, and the fair deal scheme. It's connected because the HSC can find money when they need to find money. Like apparently, you may not have known this, but they hired over 5,000 managers uh, internally uh, according to the latest statistics. Um, I think that they're probably overrun uh, with managers, uh, but at the same time, they also spent $8.8 million on private management consultants in the first three months of this year alone. Eight, nearly $9 million in three months uh, for management uh, companies to come in, uh, consultants to come in to tell them that they must do better. Um, you know, actually, I should have mentioned this when I was talking about issues regarding people getting notices to quit, but there's a story in The Independent this morning. It's a Cork story, actually, uh, where tenants went to the Residential Tenancy Board um, alleging that their landlord had failed to carry out repairs uh, and prevent the harbourage 
of pests, they call it. I guess, I guess that's, a, that's an old law or an old act. The harbourage of pets. What I'm about pests. What I'm talking about actually is bed bugs. So they were bitten all over by bed bugs and left out of and, and left without a working boiler for four months. Would you believe they got four thousand euro in damages to the rental watchdog? In fairness to them, the two tenants at a property in High Street in Cork, and they took a case. Apparently, even at one stage, there was a smell of gas. And a plumber hired on behalf of the landlord said that the smell of gas was not dangerous. Go figure that. The smell of gas is not dangerous. Papers also talk about issues regarding those that want to start a new life in Ireland. Not always uh, people that you might wish to have in our country, including a suspected Islamic terrorist who fled the authorities in Russia, uh, sought asylum in Ireland, faces allegations of membership of jihadi group, which was active in Syria um, and in Russia. His presence in Ireland apparently emerged in legal proceedings where he successfully challenged a tribunal decision to deny him international protection here. So he seeks asylum here after fleeing the Russian authorities. That'll be a very interesting one to watch and see where it goes with regards to the courts. There, there's another one actually um, that has a Cork, obviously it's, it's a Cork story in, in more ways than one. It's the story of Derek Nagel from Granada. He's no longer in the Defence Forces. He has resigned, but he was before the courts uh, yesterday where he got a probation bond for 12 months at Cork District Court. He did plead guilty uh, to one count of sexually assaulting Shana O'Connor and Shana O'Connor waived her right to anonymity. Um, uh, this is the story of, um, as I say, Derek Nagel, a naval instructor who walked free from court yesterday after admitting that he slapped a new recruit on the backside, winked at her and said, you're lucky it wasn't 14 or 15 years ago. And finally, one or two other stories of interest, artificial intelligence. Despite what people were telling me on the air a few weeks back, I'd be very touchy-feely and nervy about it. And even some of the biggest professors of AI and scientists around the world, they're worried about um, the fact that AI is as big a risk to humanity as, say, for instance, um, uh, nuclear war threats or indeed any kind of international conflict. So that's pretty spooky stuff. Um, And what they're actually saying is that they're warning we could be wiped out by robots if we don't slow down with regards to their development. Don't you just love that story of Pele's golden Brazilian shirt that's up for sale for €170,000. I mean, he probably was the greatest soccer player of all time. Maybe that's one of the big debates that happens with people as to who actually was. More might say it's Maradona. Some might say it's Messi. But this jersey at 170,000 wasn't even from the World Cup squad of 1970. The probably the greatest World Cup or international squad of all time is from a 1971 game. Isn't it amazing what people will pay? Um, assume they won't wear it and never wash it. Probably put it in a frame. And good news, if you choose to take it, the return, the possible return of the Cork to Dublin flight. Kenny Jacobs, the boss of DAA, which sadly controls Cork Airport, he says that there, it's back on the cards and there's a strong possibility that we will have the Cork Dublin flight. He even says that Cork Airport will have a record year for international travel and we know that because Cork, Cork Airport told me that during the week. This weekend actually, the bank holiday weekend, they will pass their one millionth passenger for this year alone, which is a phenomenal success for them as they go from strength to strength. But would you take the Cork Dublin flight if you wanted to go to Dublin? I mean, think about it. Wouldn't it be still better to take the train? 
wouldn't it be still better to take the air coach? Uh, don't you think? Like, you go from Cork to Dublin by aeroplane, you're up in Dublin Airport. You're a long way from Dublin City, like. So what is it then? It's a bus into the city. It's an expensive taxi into the city. I don't know. I don't know. Would you think, for, pardon the bus, would you think it would fly? <laughs> yeah, it will fly. Well, it will, it will fly. Um, regardless of whether it works or not, it will definitely fly. Um... I think you're you're kind of missing a trick here, though, because what you're not realizing is that if you fly to Dublin, you're airside in Dublin. Yeah, but if so you're, not, you if hear you're not about taking an international connection and oh, you're going to I, Dublin, I City. get that. But if you need to fly on from Dublin, especially in the summer, and we've talked about these huge security queues and yeah. you know, trying to get trying to get through security, but, you could save yourself all that by flying Cork to Dublin. But that makes up in it Dublin. a flight from Cork Airport to Dublin Airport. It's not really a, a good idea for a Cork Dublin flight if you're going to Dublin City. No, but I wonder how many people might use it as an op- option to do. I mean, there's a flight to carry at to the connect. moment that's, that's to subsidized, and all maybe right. this is subsidized as well. I know Dublin, you can fly. To Donegal as well, Um, but um, I love the train. Great opportunity. I I agree. I think there's no better way of getting up to Dublin if you can afford the train, and that's fine. Personally, I can't. uh, I can't justify the the extra cost of it. I think I just have to get the air coach. Three four weeks ago, when I was flying out, I took the air coach. Mm. Cost me sixteen euro. Fantastic. Fantastic. Mm. Absolutely not a bother. It's got Wi-Fi on board, bathroom on board. Superb. Yeah, the Go buses are great as well as Air an opportunity. Coach and Go yeah, yeah, they're great. They're, I look highly recommend them. That's the way I would go to Dublin if I wasn't driving. But uh, I think the flights. I think there's definitely an opportunity here. We were talking about getting more flights from Cork. Well, this might be an opportunity for people to fly to Dublin and go, end up airside straight on the plane. That's the upside. I take your point in that regard. Anyway, what do you guys think? Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Let's talk ninety nines after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Text and WhatsApp 086-8104-106. Cork's Red FM. Barry Phelan has missed a cool events. They do ice cream van hire for parties and weddings and school events and festivals and concerts and corporate functions. They've got five or six boxes in each of the vans on any given day and he joins me by phone. Barry, good morning. Neil, good morning. How are you? I want to nail this one. Thanks for coming back on again. I know we spoke before, but I don't know, is this an annual thing in the summer when it comes to 99s and flakes? But here are the headlines again this morning. Flakes, 99 problems. Crumbling Egyptian chocolate (laughs) causing havoc with ice cream treats. Uh, Call 999. Cone sellers panic as Egyptian chocolate falls apart. Fears for the tasty treats as we hit the beaches in the front of the... The front of the mirror this morning. Flaking hell. What's going on? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Neil, listen, I don't know if it's the most serious issue in the world, like, but yeah, like, listen, uh, 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 the, the, the flakes are crumbly, yeah, the, the, weller, the weller plays havoc with them, um, I mean, a box of Cadbury flakes there, there's supposed to be 144 in the box, uh, there, there's a lot of extra packaging in them now with, with the new company that's making them, but actually trying to get them out of the packaging, you you would lose 10% easily with the heat, you know. Um, Are they, you I mean, mean because it's, they're, they're, they're melting and then they're crumbly, is it? Absolutely, yeah. You have to rotate them in and out of the fridges and freezers. Uh, I mean, in the vans, there, I, I would tell the guys to put four or five boxes. In. You put one or two in the freezer, one or two in the fridge, uh, and you rotate them, you know. Uh, if you have a box in the shelf for half an hour, you're in trouble, you know. Uh, the, trying to get them out of the package and out of the individual trays, you'll, they'll fall apart. Like, okay, um, okay, okay. There, there's a woman that I was reading about the other day called Katie Alston. She's got her own whippy van. She says, wholesale boxes contain 100 
144 flake 99s. Is that right? Yeah, she says, right, we've yeah. thrown away 70 in a single box because they've all been broken. They're claiming that the recipe got changed after Cadbury's uh, started to have the flakes made in Egypt. Yeah, they're softer. They're they're definitely softer. Yeah, you have to be very delicate with them, and uh, and the, the heat plays absolute havoc with them. You know, um, I mean, literally trying to pick them up in your hand or a pair of tongs and shove them into the ninety nine is a uh, it's hard. But but was it always uh, like that, or is it since twenty twenty no, when they started making no. them in Egypt? Yeah, they're a bit softer now. Like, well, when I do their at birthday parties and stuff, I'd have the, the, the young kids come into the van and they make their own ice cream. That's kind of my um, my little treat for them, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, but any kid that comes into the van, they, they're not delicate with the flakes. They'll grab them and they'll just absolutely crumble in their hands. It never used to be like that, but they're definitely softer. Um, you need a good you know, solid flake. Are there alternatives to the Cadbury's there is, one? Then? There is an alternative. There's a, there's a brand called Lesseter's. Uh, it looks the same, but it just doesn't taste the same, you know? It's... Uh, it's a different kind of chocolate that's uh, it maintains its form but it, it it doesn't taste the same the customers notice the difference you know okay but uh, but but in in similar weather the lesseters is a sturdier flake than the cadbury's is it absolutely yeah it is it is because cadbury's uh, are saying uh, they're, they're doing nothing different well, I, I think they've changed the, they must have changed the recipe or something, you know. It, it certainly is softer than it used to be. Um, you, you don't have the shelf life that you, do, you used to. Um, so it, why, it, it, why do you stay with them? Well, I, uh, simply for the taste, you know. Uh, the, the box, the brand looks good. When I have the five or six box of Cadbury's sticking up on the shelves, the customers look at them and they know that they know they're getting Cadbury's. They know they're getting the, the top ice cream mix with the, the top flake. You yeah, know. Yeah, um, yeah. What do you do with the broken ones, though? <laughs> well, what I do, I, I kind of, I do, I save them. I do chocolate fountain gigs as well. So, um, like, a, if a quarter of a box left of crumbly chocolate, I, I put it in a in, in the fridge there, and it'll it'll do as a, a chocolate mix for the for the chocolate fountain when I, when I get the next gig there. You know, yeah. So it doesn't go it doesn't go to waste for me. Let's say, but for Got our it. ice cream vendors, it probably does. Got a call yesterday from somebody who said that they got a ninety nine that didn't have a flake stuck in it. It was a twirl. What about that? Oh, yeah, but an expensive alternative, I'd say, you know. The, <laughs> uh, I don't know if I want to go that route, Neil. Um, what's the history behind? Because there's a lot of people debating this. Where did Maybe you know, maybe you don't. Where did the term 99 come from? I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe at some stage the ice creams were less than a euro. I mean, certainly they're not now with the price of everything going up. Uh, I mean, like you would have to charge two euro for an 89 really now, you know. Um, Is that for a large one? Yeah, that would be a large one with a flake for me. Uh, That's yeah. great value. I got one uh, the weekend in Glen Bay. It was 250 And somebody recently got in touch with me on the show and they said they got a small one for 250 Your large ones at two euro are great value. Yeah, well, like, listen, it's volume, isn't it, you know? Um, I mean, I don't mind doing them. You would need to get the two euro, though, but, like, on, on, on this kind of weather, you'd, you'd get the volume. You'd, you'd get a lot of ice cream out there, you know? They're flying out the door, or flying out the vans, I'd say, are they? They are, yeah. Like, the schools are all finishing now this week. I have a lot of school bookings, I have a lot of preschools, crashes, a lot of companies treating their staff, um, a lot of corporate stuff, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. No problem it's, it's, keeping it's, it's, the ice cream cold, No. 
No, no, like, uh, that's, you know, I have good vans. I have, uh, we, we refrigerate the vans at night there. We, we keep everything cool. We, we, we pre-prepare for a lot of stuff, you know. Um, uh, this weller is all about uh, keeping busy and keeping everything going good, you know. Sounds to me as if there is um, some accuracy in the reports in the Red Tops then today. There are problems with them, and it's not all to do with the weather. It's just a crumblier product. Yeah, it is. Like, I mean, for me, I, I do have to keep them in the fridge and the freezer longer than I used to. You know, you have to rotate them. If you don't, you lose you lose a good percentage of them. You know, and they are expensive. Like, a box of flakes is twenty two euro or something like that. You know, no, I'd say you I'd say uh, you're flaking out the flakes though with the weather we're having at the moment. Huh? <laughs> yeah, like listen, when you're busy, it does. Yeah, it's it's not the biggest problem in the world. You know, I know, I know. But at least we're talking about summer and ninety nines and ice cream and great weather. So there's something in that. Barry, exactly. have a good one, pal. Thanks for taking the call. All Cheers. The best, Take care. Take Just off the top of my head, I did read something somewhere that said at the weekend that the term 99 for the 99 ice cream uh, has Italian origins. Now, I'm not going to be 100% accurate on this, but they say that Italy is the home of the best ice creams and apparently way, way back in 1930, I think I read somewhere that it was in 1930 when it originally uh, came along the the 99. The Flake 99 was launched in 1930, designed specifically for an ice cream cone and originally fed, fed, um, manufactured in Cadbury's factory in Birmingham. But I read somewhere that it had an Italian connection that, that whoever was um, the boss um, of Italy, the king of Italy at the time um, or way back along, he had an elite bodyguard that consisted of 99 men. So anything elite then was called 99s. We would say, Midaza. They'd say 99s. Ah, that's 99s. Except they'd say it in an Italian accent. So that's what the Italians used to say. Ah, 99s. 99s. That's the 99s. Apparently that's where it came from. Uh, am I losing my mind due to lack of sleep? Back after the break. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818 104 Red FM. How have you guys been getting on with your 99s and the flakes? Are they crumbling? Have you had problems and you're buying them? Matt Aaron is saying that the temperatures are going to stay high right across this week, across the bank holiday weekend and right into next week. So a lot of people, of course, heading for the beach. I was telling you yesterday, be aware of your pets, particularly your dogs, uh, with regards to the walkies, um, not too much walking in this kind of heat and make sure that they've got shade and that they've got uh, plenty of water. One of the papers yesterday, I think it was the, might have been the Mirror of the Star, was saying that Irish households have splashed 8 million euro on barbecues, beers and burgers uh, so far as the summer heats up. And I imagine that 8 million was only spent in the last three, four, maybe five weeks, maybe even less. Uh, and certainly the demand will rocket as this weather uh, continues. Last week, I gave away our right humdinger of a barbecue on air from Carousewood Car- uh, down in, in Castle Marta. It was worth over 1,900 euro. But what's, what's selling? And is there really as much demand as we're hearing uh, in the media? Wendy O'Connor is at Hanley's uh, Garden Centre down on the uh, Kinsale Road roundabout. Joins me by phone. Wendy, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. What's it been like? Flying, <laughs> stuff flying out the door? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. In a good way. People are coming in full of the cheer, which is great. I can't blame them, to be honest. What, yeah. what, what's being, I mean, obviously we're talking about garden furniture, probably barbecues, yeah? And then a lot of planting and potting and stuff, is it? 
I would say people are, are definitely getting their furniture. They're looking more at their garden being the new going out is the staying in, so to speak. So they are looking at furniture first, but then they are buying the accessories like the barbecues, which are flying. And then we've also got a lovely addition this year called the Uni Pizzas. I know people are probably aware of them. They're just literally done in seconds. So they're not intrusive on your family time, you know. You could just have your pizza prepped into it cooked in one minute and there you go and how so can you cook to, a pizza in 60 seconds come on I know Please. it's unbelievable you can par cook like bits of meat if you're a bit nervous like chicken and stuff I think people are cooking off the chicken but you literally can yeah so they do a 12 inch and then they do a 16 inch as well is that and like intense heat or something in that little oven or what Yes, absolutely. Yeah, they're gas. Yeah. Now you can do one. There's one. It's gas. There's another. Then it's a dual gas and wood pellets, and then you can do hard wood pellets. And are so they selling pizza the ovens? Them. I wouldn't have associated oh, pizza with a barbecue, crazy. to be honest. Yeah, crazy because you can pack these up. You can get little carriers for them as well, and take them to the beach. So the little legs fold up on them, so you can actually take. They're very portable. So down to you know mobile homes and things like that. They're fantastic for a great idea. Yeah, yeah, and I, the, I, I'd imagine that the range of barbecues. They've got in really, they're very extensive now. They, and, and they seem to be getting dearer. Um, in the old days, they were fairly bog standard things. Now they're like a Rolls Royce piece, aren't they? But they are, I suppose, but they're lasting longer than is the other side as well, you know, and they're they're easy to clean. They've got nice little functions on them now. Um, we're doing a lovely range here. I, I hope I can say the range. It's charboil that we're doing here. And I find the best-selling one at the moment is topping. It's called um, a gas to coal. So what that is, you can use it for gas, obviously like your normal standard barbecue, or you can just switch it to the charcoal if you want. So it's two in one, you know, so it's it's really, really, really good. So yeah, no, no shortage of money around it would seem then, no? No, I would say not. No, I would say not. Unless the credit unions are very busy, I'm not sure, but <laughs> <laughs> there doesn't seem to be, which is fantastic. And you know what? People need it. People need a bit of cheering up, so we're happy to help. Yeah, <laughs> I, and I'd say you're selling a lot of parasols, though, with the intense... We are parasol bases. If we could do swimming pools now, I'd say they'd, they'd, they would be sold out as well, but unfortunately we don't do swimming pools. <laughs> but uh, yeah, parasol bases, you name it, sunbeds cushions you name it they're on it yeah it's great it's it really is great yeah. as soon as the weather improves of course life. people you are right though the you know going staying at home is the new going out and the garden yeah. has become a very focal An point extension. for people when the yeah absolutely it is yeah. um i An hear extension. that i hear that there's a weber there with bluetooth and wi-fi um i don't it's i don't know whether you, it, it's not a Weber that we do, sorry. Maybe I said Weber. It's not a Weber. It's an electric barbecue that we do. No, I know. Um, you, you probably don't sock it, but this is how far oh, advanced they've become now, where they have oh, blue, yes. Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. You I can know. check everything on your phone, track the temp- temperature, even tells you how much le- gas is left in the feckin' barrel. It's Fantastic. amazing. yeah. Really we have an electric one now, right, and it's self-cleaned, so that's quite good as well. Okay, <laughs> you know, it's okay. Just, it's all down to timing for people. People don't have time. They're busy lives, so just know, they want one, just, to just do it, get on with just it. Just one final thing. I just wanted you to pass mm-hmm. on a message there to Jim Hanley. Yesterday, I had a tour of Fota Wildlife Park. The rangers okay. took me around in one of the back of their buses. It was a fantastic wow. day. They showed me a garden shed that is at least 30 years old, possibly later, that Jim Hanley Jim sold them 30 to wow. 35 years ago. It's still in perfect yeah. nick and it was used as the monkey house. <laughs> Oh, stop. Would you like to hear that? It's still standing. That's, that's brilliant. Listen, Neil, while I have you, um, I don't know if we discussed it, but um, Neil would like, or sorry, Jim Hanley would like to offer you um, a free uni pizza oven, the gas one. However, you see fit to give it away there yourself. So we'll, we'll give away that a free is so one. That's so kind. Let's give away. This is, this is the Umi pizza oven that cooks a pizza in 60 seconds. <laughs> yes, and we'll do the gas one so that it's quick and easy. So everything is with it. They just literally have 
have to get the gas. All right. Thank you for that kind All gesture. Right. You're very You're generous. Welcome. Take care, Wendy. Take Thanks care. Sir. Take Thank care. What, what, what do they retail at, incidentally? They retail about three, nearly 400 euros. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, go for it if that's your okay, kind of thing. Perfect. Appreciate it. You're very kind. Thanks, Wendy. So we'll give that away between now and quitting time. Thanks to Wendy and everybody at Hanley's. Text. Don't call on that just yet, lads. I'll open the, the phone lines a little later on. Uh, but for all other weather-related and summer-related related and barbecue-related stories and indeed flakes and 99s, text 0868104106. Back to the phone lines. We've got Bernice. Good morning. Good morning. How are we? You're part of the Mayfield elite. Is that right? Yeah, this, and you're known this, as you're known as the ninety nine. That's what we're known as the ninety nine. We Why? started coming to Mayfield. We started coming to Mayfield years and years ago. We were originally from Farnley. Yeah. And when this young they just said, "Jesus, the ninety nine <laughs> and it stuck with us then. So now our group chat on the phone. We have called ninety nine, and then my niece had a fiftieth birthday in Spain, and they opened out to Spain, and they got a ninety nine. Tattooed on the ranking. <laughs> Why did he call you the ninety nines? Was he was he talking about your your age or something? No, he wasn't. He was talking about the crowd that was coming. They were coming in families like, like Oh, there was um, there was ninety nine here. Yeah. He said like one day he said there was ten and next day there was two and next day there was three and whatever. And then he just says, God how much does ninety What what do you do? What do we do? Yeah. We all we all stick together in Mayfield the ninety nine of us. Where do you go? Do you have parties? Do you socialise? Do you go away for weekends? Do you go on holidays? We go. We, we actually go and out. We go to the Fabian Gilda. We go to the Co. We actually all go out together. As a, we, go to, we don't go as friends. We go as the 99s. Is there a membership but, fee or a subscription or anything like that? No, there's not. No. Uh, like you could talk to someone and just say, she's on the 99s there. Like <laughs> you, if someone wants to they want the there. Do you do you have a secret sh- handshake like the Masons or uh, do you talk oh, in code? We, 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 no, we'd have a good cuddle. <laughs> we give a good cuddle. And say, I love you, ninety-nine. The cuddling ninety-nine. You don't sit around eating ninety-nines, though. No, we don't sit around. They're on there. I don't know. Is the town the same on the anchors and all the nieces? The what? On their feet. My nieces got <laughs> the ice cream, the corn, ninety-nine corn. Yeah. Tattooed on their ankles, they were on the 50th birthday in Spain, and they all came back, they got it all, they got the ankles, the 99 tattooed onto their ankles. Oh my God's so, sake, life is good, so. life is good so in Mayfield. <laughs> life is good with Mayfield with the 99. All right, girl, Definitely watch. All right, take care, Bernice. Are you anyway? I'm good, girl, I'm good, enjoying the weather, making the yes, most of it, good. look after yourself. Did you, like Did you like the cards that I sent you? The what? The card I sent you, I sent you a lovely card with her. Picture on the front of it. Oh, I did. Thank you. I don't know how I don't know how people can get those made, but you can get anything done these days. Thank you. I have it up. Yeah. I have it up in the desk inside, and I admire myself every morning. Yeah, yeah. I've wondering if you ever got it. Like, thank you. Actually, thank you for what you've done for us. Not at all. Look after yourself. Take care, Bernice. Uh, Cheers for okay. now. Okay. And no. morning to all the Mayfield elite, known as the Ninety Nines. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Just a quick look at TELUS because I've been receiving texts with regards to TELUS. Now, they're a Canadian business service firm. I suppose uh, they're international. They make huge profits. I think what you'd call them really in the old days would be like a, a very, very elaborate call centre. Uh, one texter says, I just wanted to keep you up to date regarding TELUS in Mahan. Before VoxPro sold to TELUS, they upped the wages of their loyal employees up to 15 in middle management around 
90 grand a year, many with no college degrees or qualifications. Well, in spite of that, I would say good luck to them if they can pull that kind of money. Anyway, TELUS are finding it tough, they say, and they're putting pressure on us and migrating our jobs to other countries. The Stripe account has been lost and the part of the Airbnb business is going to Bucharest, Romania. There's also a plan to move other sections of the business to Bucharest and to Manila in the Philippines. Apparently, the lease for the building in Cork is up this year, and we are hearing, staff are hearing, that it may not be renewed, meaning that we will be used for cannon fodder to have our jobs sourced in yet more countries. There's no union here in TELUS, um, and so they can do what they like. There are 200 jobs at risk here with no redundancy package, just the statutory redundancy. Please don't give up my details. The examiner this morning is quoting the profits for TELUS of uh, $686 million in the first three months of this year alone. That's up $87 million or a 15% increase year over year. So why they would have to mess with anything or people's jobs with profits like that, I have no idea. But I know the Mick Barry TD brought her up in the door yesterday. Mick, good morning. Good morning to you, Neil. Bearing in mind there what the employee just said to me in an email, what is going on? Well, it's an open question, isn't it? Um, at the very least, what's going on uh, is that there are accounts... Um, where previously there were jobs and wages uh, and the accounts are no longer there. We saw 50 job losses with Stripe before Christmas. We saw another 60 announced um, the end of last week. And now we have part of the Airbnb account uh, being lost uh, and we're told being sent to Bucharest in uh, Romania. Now, it's an interesting point that um, your correspondent sent there about the lease at the end of the year. Is there a question mark over the place full stop? Mm. But we don't know that for sure. But what we do know for sure is that uh, accounts are being lost, uh, jobs are being lost, and they're being sacrificed on the altar of profit. Those figures from the Irish Examiner are eye-watering. And then you look at the wages that this company are paying when they uh, offshore the jobs. Um, is this becoming more and more prevalent with big companies um, moving from West to Eastern countries because they're cheaper there or what? Well, it's not the first case that I've heard of it. Um, there was talk when East European countries joined the European Union that there would be an absolute flood and the absolute floods uh, didn't materialise. Um, but we are seeing examples, and uh, they're examples that need to serve uh, as warnings to working-class people. But it's because uh, it's of co- co- like costs are lower and wages are lower there, is it? Wages are not just lower, uh, Neil. Uh, wages bear no comparison uh, with the type of wage that someone would be earning in Cork or Dublin. So in Romania, I went on the... Uh, um, Glassdoor.ie recruitment uh, website. So they have information about uh, Telus's wage rates in Bucharest. So if you're a, a customer service representative in Bucharest, Romania, uh, Telus will pay you approximately six thousand five hundred euro per annum. Wow! If if you are a customer support specialist in Bucharest, Romania, Telus will pay you approximately eight thousand euro uh, per annum. So here you have a company which records profits of $686 million in a three-month period saying we can go for gold, be greedy and get more if we pay workers um, low wages in these countries. And as I say, mm. if Telus can get away with it, uh, with, this, with this account uh, or if they're testing the water. The Airbnb account. 
Yeah, it's an it's it's an important um, it's an important issue for workers, not just in Tellus, but workers right throughout Cork and the entire country. That this kind of thing should not be allowed to happen. Now, but hey, but, but the, that's capitalism, baby. There ain't nothing you can do about that. They can go wherever they want. They're a private company. Yeah, well. You know me more than 25 years, Neil, and you know me as a campaigner against capitalism. So it's uh, right and proper that I, that I raised the flag on this issue. When I raised it in the doll yesterday, the Taoiseach responded, Leo Varadkar, and he said, uh, offshoring like this uh, can have a negative effect uh, on jobs, as in the example that I quoted him. He said, but also there's companies that offshore jobs from other countries and come to Ireland, Right. So he said it works both ways around. The point that I consolation to those losing their jobs in Telus, though. Uh, exactly, and that that's a, a point that 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 could and should be made to the Taoiseach himself. We were raising the issue of the Telus jobs, uh, weren't we? Uh, however, I would make the point if I had the, had the chance to reply to him that uh, offshoring is bad news for workers' rights. Uh, not just here in Cork and in Ireland, yeah. but in other countries as well. I, I don't support it if you've got a, co- a company in France that offshore to Ireland and pay people half the wage that they're paying in France. Workers' wages and conditions need to be defended and improved, whether that's in Cork or in Bucharest, Romania. Yeah. Now, I, now I know when they lost the Stripe account, there was 50 jobs went. There were Spanish and Portuguese-speaking workers on the Stripe service, apparently. Um, uh, I'm not quite sure what department would be affected by, uh, by, say, for instance, the Airbnb move. I'm wondering why, why, why Stripe decided to take the account away. It's, it's, a, it's an Irish company founded by Limerick Twins. Um, do you have any idea as that, or is there a problem at Stripe? I don't. I would only be speculating. Uh, I, I, I do know that with the rise in interest rates and the end of a regime of essentially free money, which was free money for all borrowers, but particularly uh, used by big business, uh, that companies, particularly in the tech sector, are uh, uh, tightening up and we see job losses across the tech sector. Although although it's not just to do with uh, tightening up. um, I was reading about this at the weekend, uh, a new phenomenon which is known as bossism, which basically means that employers in the tech industry feel that there's been too much power with the workers who they've had to go and headhunt and uh, offer special offers like gym memberships and so on, and they want to use the, the 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 end of the era of cheap money not just to tighten up in the business, but to try and change the balance of forces. More power for the bosses, less power for the workers. What, what, so I'm not saying that's exactly what happened with Stripe, but that is a phenomenon in the tech industry at the moment. One other issue, though, that springs to mind when you talk about Telus is is this is this relevant or pre- prevalent? I should say in other companies where there are no unions. Well, put it this way, um, if there's no union present, um, it's easier for the employer to have it their own way. Can Um, can an employer refuse union access? Yeah, they they, they have a system in in this country where you have a right to join a union, uh, but then they say that the employer has a right not to recognise a union. And that ends up with a situation like we've had um, in Johnson & Johnson, it ends up like a situation that we've had at AbbVie, a situation that we've had at Stryker, uh, where workers join unions and then the company don't recognise uh, the union. So what you need is you need a change in the law so that you have mandatory trade union recognition. If workers join a union and they get a sufficient number in a workplace, the employer is 
has to by law sit down and negotiate uh, with them. Uh, the minister who would be in charge of changing the law would be Simon Coveney. I'm meant to be in a committee meeting with him at the moment. Go for it, go for it, go for it. The Debenhams bill, but uh, uh, Coveney, Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael, the parties in government's Green Party have uh, turned their back against that idea and, and that's why we need uh, political change in this country. Uh, yet another reason. What happens next with uh, with TELUS? How many how many jobs in total down there? It's upwards of two hundred, anyways, or perhaps more. Well, if we had if we had fifty in the Stripe account, uh, uh, if we had fifty jobs went from the Stripe account before Christmas and sixty announced uh, last week, and now we're told forty four uh, in Airbnb, it looks like uh, Airbnb. It looks like a huge chunk uh, of the jobs are are being taken down there. And if there's any worker. Uh, who wants help or advice or uh, any assistance in organising, um, uh, you know, organising workers, organising unions, they're free to contact my office. I'll okay. do whatever I can to help. Okay, thank you, Mick. As always, uh, Mick Barry, TD, um, apparently one of part of the article in the Examiner this morning talks about help that staff who'd be let go would get um, from TELUS who are saying that we're supporting staff who lose their jobs with access to career planning services as well as dedicated wellness support. And they say these changes are not a reflection of our team members' efforts, as in they're saying we're not blaming the employee. If you're working in TELUS and you want to get in touch, you can text. I'll never give your information out to anybody. Full stop. Text 086-8104-106. Your details are safe with me. Yesterday I spoke about the fair deal scheme regarding Beaumont residential care and the fact that they can no longer take uh, fair deal um, residents because they just can't afford to continue. Uh, and this is the slippery slope to this happening, I think, with more um, uh, nursing homes uh, yesterday, and I could kind of understand yesterday at the short notice, uh, I didn't manage to get either Michael McGrath or Michal Martin uh, on air. Um, I don't know what the story is as of yet with uh, Michael McGrath, but I did get news this morning uh, from the Tornish to Michal Martin's department because we requested an interview. And we were told this morning that there was no slot available. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Amazing the amount of airtime you give to the far left socialists. Uh, can you ask them for some examples where socialism has been a success? Actually, you know something? The next time I've Mick Barry on, I will certainly ask that question. It's a very good one. And if I'd seen it early enough, I would have. Just a few then on the possibility of being able to fly Cork Dublin again, like the old days, right? As a previous regular flyer, the Cork Dublin flight flight was a great option for connecting to other cities. I take that. That's one of the good reasons why a Cork Dublin flight would work. Kevin also mentioned it. But not if you wanted to go to Dublin. You know, your train and your bus... Um, and, and, and I mean, it's not st- still on a crime to drive by car. Uh, you can fly from Kerry International to Dublin with Ryanair one way for 14 euro. Beat that. Um, I don't know, uh, Kenny Jacobs isn't saying who do the Cork Dublin connection, whether it would be Ryanair or whether it would be uh, Aer Lingus or what have you. I would love the Cork Dublin flight back heading to America next January. You can either fly Cork to London and on to Miami, which adds an extra hour in the wrong direction and an hour back over where you started, or you can fly direct from Dublin. There's a gang of us going and most want to fly Cork London and take on the extra time rather than face the flight home not landing back in Cork, where we'd all be home within half an hour. Well, you wouldn't be if you took the return leg to Dublin, I know what you mean. We could land in Dublin and get the bus down 
but after an overnight flight, we all just want to get home the fastest way possible. If there was a Cork-Dublin flight, we would definitely fly to and from Dublin. One final one on this now. I would love a flight from Cork to Dublin. I live west of the city and trying to park at the train station or anywhere in the city is a nightmare. I often park at the airport because I'm guaranteed a space and I get the bus into town. The park and ride, remember, closes at half past eight, so no good there if you're on the late train, says Maureen. So a lot of texts on that one and also on 99s. Um, it's the camel's milk the Egyptians are using to make the flakes. That's what's making the difference. Uh, is that true, though? I mean, are you just winding me up? Sometimes I can't see the wood for the trees when it comes to a joke. <laughs> Not that I'm saying there's anything wrong with camel's milk, but I'm not, I'm not quite sure that we knew it would have been. Um, breaking news, the Council of State convened last night to discuss the ongoing flake crisis. They implore the population to remain calm. They want to reassure everyone that our top scientists are now en route to Egypt to assist in finding a solution. In the meantime, they're saying, in the interest of public safety, we advise the use of twirls. We will ultimately prevail. <laughs> I love those kind of texts. Park the 99, or park the flake for now, replace it with the twirls. Uh, we may well come back to that if we get more people involved in selling 99s throughout the course of the morning. If you're a whippy van man or woman, text 0868 I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. Now, the Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM. Being Wednesday today, we have Florence and the Machine tickets to give away from Musgrave Park on Monday, June 26th. Tomorrow it'll be Codaline and on Friday the 1975. All Musgrave Park gigs uh, and next week, uh, fingers crossed, everything will be good. We'll have tickets for live at the marquee. But for today, when I open the phone lines before midday, uh, double passes for Florence and the Machine, Musgrave Park, Monday the 26th of June. Lines are open. You can text 0868104106. Quickly back to the phone lines we go. Tommy, good morning. I'm good, my man. Um, we're just picking up on Mick Barry being the 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 savior. You 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 say the savior? Why? He's no savior. Like he's on the boat there about fifty jobs that are moving to to Brussels. Or where did he say it? Um, ah, well, it, it's substantially um, more than that. The the, the latest no, no, the what na- Bucharest, what I, what I Bucharest, Bucharest. Yeah, what I'm on about was like when these companies were coming in here, right? People were saying, oh, yeah, Ireland is a well-educated country and we'll be able to do X, Y, and Z over in Ireland and we'll have different tax brackets and stuff like that. But, like, they came in here to get everything right for themselves. And, obviously, they were going to ship off somewhere else for cheaper labour. Like, he's on there giving out about, oh, that they're moving to other European countries, which they're within their right to do. And they'll pay people a lot cheaper over there. That's nothing to do with us. Yeah, but it, like, bo- it bothers me that people aren't allowed access to a union to at least fight their redundancy for them. In fairness, like. Yeah, but so why, why is that allowed to happen? So who allowed that to happen? Why didn't you didn't? Like the likes of McBarry and all these people are the ones that are allowing that to happen. They're the ones that are supposed to be running the country. You know, we lost we lost massive industries here over the last decade, or beef, or sugar. Like our peace at the moment, like you're not allowed to, to to get your own peace because it's bad for the climate and bad for the environment. But I we know. Can ship it in from Germany and Poland and Brazil. Yeah, and like that's from Brazil. with our meat. No, our meat soon enough. And he's he's not standing up for those people. He's not standing up for farmers. He's telling them they need to cull their cattle. He's telling them that they need to get rid of their bees and their sugar. But because of fifty jobs out in Mahan or wherever it is, 
he's on the radio to get a bit of air time. No, he's again. not. Just a couple it's of things. So uh, just a couple of things second. now. Hang on a second. I rang mm-hmm. him. To, I rang him to begin with. Right? There are already mm-hmm. sixty jobs lost at Telus when the when the, they lost the deal with Stripe. Then in November there was fifty more lost at the call centre company, formerly known as as Vox, Vox Pro, those that were providing uh, customer service. And now we're talking about an additional um, 60 jobs on top of that. So my maths there is 170 jobs. 160. But come out to me, Neil, there'll be that many farms that closed down in Ireland in the next 10 years, right? Those people's livelihoods after being lost already for decisions that these people have made, and he didn't come on once to defend those people. But is it right that, that, that companies can just shut up shop and head off to the likes of uh, Bucharest because the, wage, the wages here could be north of, say, 40 or 45 grand, I hope, whereas over there it's 8 grand. Yeah, but sure, are they not in the European Union? Yeah, but does that so make it right? The European, no, but why don't the European Union do something about that? The European Union, who are again supposed to be a saviour and great for everybody, are letting all these companies move around the place to get cheaper labour for themselves. You know, we lost massive industries, as I said here, with, with our own sugar that now we're transporting in. With our peace, now we'll be transported in, and the Irish person is losing out. There's okay. a lot more than 160 or 70 people lost out there. Like, all right, my man, you're nobody. All right, yeah. It's first, Can I say one thing? So, on behalf of people, so all politicians do really is virtue signal, you think, yeah? Correct. Of course, okay. Sunil, when you look at their manifesto and they come around looking for votes, they'll tell you one thing at the door. But if people were bothered to actually look at their manifesto, it's no, but, completely opposite but, but, to what they But it bothers me, these kind of stories. Like it did with Debenhams and what happened to the Debenhams yeah. workers bothered us. You know, we need to have a voice and say, people are not pawns in a chess game here. But, but that is all we are, Neil. And the right. sooner people realise that, the better. Okay, that but, is literally what we are. What about yesterday? Yesterday you were on about Airbnb. I find you're constantly slating the Airbnb of what's going on and that there was a thousand properties on Airbnb and only 50 properties to rent. The council have tens of thousands of border opposers around this country. Nearly 8,000 of them in Cork County alone. And I very, hear, very rarely hear you talking about that. It's constantly about That's Airbnb. That's not fair now, Tommy. You know no, very well that I'm no, always Neil, talking I'm, about bordered up properties. I, I, I've heard now, Neil, over the last couple of weeks, a lot more to do with Airbnb than I have, as in, of the establishment and of the border. Well, well here's my, my question. Um, we did a survey again yesterday as to the amount of homes, family homes, that are available on Airbnb. Um, the, the, the data stops at 1,000. It doesn't go higher. So there's at least 1,000 places available right now in Cork City and County on Airbnb. Right now, yeah. properties available for rent in Cork City and County in Daft, there's 83. I want to know why so many people who had properties migrated to Airbnb. What was the motivation? Well, obviously, it was probably for more money for themselves. But I know I drive from here, from, from my home to my kid's school, is about a mile and a half. And I, I pass six properties every day that are boarded up that could have families inside and it's, and and it's shameful years, like. and it's shameful here's it's the thing on Airbnb the average price that you can get per night on Airbnb is between 130 and 250 euro a night is that mm. the reason people have gone to Airbnb and not oh. given a 6 month or a 12 month or a 3 year lease to people who can put their families into their properties yeah of course it is, yeah, definitely. The same way as these companies will move to Bulgaria and pay pittance to people outside there. But the pittance outside there that we think is a great wage for those people out there. And they're delighted with these companies coming in, just like we were 20 years ago with these companies coming into Ireland. Okay. But obviously they came in here, they, f- they got everything softer with their company, as in got it up and running, the well-educated Irish, done all the donkey work, and now they'll move on somewhere else and other people will, will do the donkey work out there and for pittance, you know. 
And that's just the way the world works then, according to you? It is a, it is a commandment. Right. And we're, we're actually letting it happen. Okay. You know? Okay. Okay. All and right. one last thing, Neil, from yesterday. Yeah. You, you had a man on yesterday talking about the beautiful weather that we're having. And you could not let him off the air without talking about climate change. You said to him, is this the reason, you know, is this, is this you know what something? climate change is doing? I tell you, if this is what climate change is doing, bring it on. Do you know but something? Do you know there, something? Anyone out there that thinks that we can pay the government extra money out of our pocket every year to start out the climate is absolute lunatic. Yeah, that was a question that I nearly didn't ask yesterday. I was, che- I was checking myself. I was saying, Neil, if you ask this question now, you're going to wreck people's head about climate change. Yeah. And there I've gone and done it again. Yeah, and, I, and I'm not the only one because I've been speaking to people people about the school yesterday they're like why Why is it the climate why can't it just be the nice weather right. the leaving sort is nearly started every year for 20 why is he years, on about climate change it's just a lovely <laughs> sunny <laughs> lovely weather I get it I get it, yeah, yeah. it. alright <laughs> slap on the wrist here alright take care Good cheers Neil Prendeville gold Imro award winner for speech podcaster of the year Cork's Red FM Seventh and final episode, if you couldn't make this up, uh, will air this morning just after 11 o'clock and then just after midday today, all seven episodes will be loaded on the Golad app and Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. That's from after midday uh, today. Text 0868104106 by WhatsApp uh, to Saudi Arabia. Amy, good morning. Hi, good morning, Neil. How's it going? I'm very well. I'm delighted to hear you're listening over there and have been there for quite some time, like 16 years. Is that right? I've been overseas for about 16 years. I've been in Saudi for about five years. So, yeah, coming back in next month. So looking forward to that. And before Saudi, where were you? Before Saudi, we were in China for two years. And then we were in Qatar before that. And I was in Australia before that. And when you say we, is this a family unit? That's it, yeah. So... Yeah, my husband and our three kids. So we've been around to this. Keen yeah. to come home now, though, is it? Enough travelling done? Um, well, we ha- our eldest is starting secondary school in August and he's keen to kind of settle down and um, make some friends and get some roots into Cork. So it'll be, it'll be interesting for them. Uh, it'll be a big change. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> the, I'd say the weather at the moment is as hot here as it is there, is it? Uh, so it's about 42 here. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Probably not work. then. <laughs> yeah, it's how, not nice. It's too how, hot here. How have you coped with it? I mean, we'll, I'll talk to you about the Cadbury's Flake in a moment, but what's life like yeah. in Saudi for somebody working and rearing a family there? Oh, it's great. Um, it's great. It's like a it's like a holiday, to be honest with you. it's um, There's so much to do and travel and, yeah, it's really good fun. Kids, there's so many activities for the children. So, yeah, it'll be, I'll be sad to miss it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'll be really sad. But what about the temperature and the humidity, though? Try just trying to, trying to move about. You still there? Do you lose you on WhatsApp, Amy? Sometimes, yeah, you're back again. I know. I just lost that. I was talking about, you know, I was just talking about literally the temperature and the humidity, trying to function. Yeah, you get used to it. I mean, you've got air conditioning on the whole time. Um, you know, you don't spend too much time outside, you know, and if you are, it's generally to a swimming pool or something. So it's, people get used to it. It's, it's not a big, it's not a big deal. And you, and say, you as a woman, you can go anywhere, do anything you wish, can you? 
I can drive anywhere. I can do anything on my own. Um, yeah, it's just as as free as Cork anywhere, really. Except for perhaps Saudi yeah, women, is it? No, same. Yeah, they have those WhatsApps. All, I mean, only yeah. for yeah. only for the holy pilgrimage of Hajj. But other than that, there's um, there. It's changing quite a bit. Good, it's, glad it's to hear it's changing. changing. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. in a few weeks' time, you are back on Lee Side where you can sample the Irish 99 cone. Your text actually originated with regards to chocolate from Egypt, was it? Yeah, so a lot of the chocolate we get here, flakes included, we've got a little shop on our compound and, you know, you take a bite and it doesn't even melt in your mouth. It's it's not pleasant like chocolate should. You know, it's, it's dry and it just kind of crumbles straight away. Um, but it's often made, yeah, in Egypt or the UAE or African countries as well. So I believe that they have some kind of artificial sugar that um, helps it not to melt so fast. Well, it is melting here and it's breaking up and they're just too flaky <laughs> and people are freaking out about it since they moved to Egypt. Incidentally, somebody texted me saying that they use camel's milk and that's just, just a wind up. That's just a joke. It's, I, don't it's think, I don't think they use camel's no, milk. This, no, it's that, completely different flavor. That was just a joke. <laughs> so have you an Irish shop there then? Um, we have, well, we are about 10 minutes from the Bahrain Causeway. So we go over there every Tuesday and we go shopping to the shop that we go, our grocery shopping and has loads and loads of super value. So we get <laughs> lots of super value stuff. It's very funny. Yeah. We get all sorts of Irish products. There's loads, everything from your Kerrygold to your the Happy Pear breakfast cereals. <laughs> And your Freetabex and everything in between. <laughs> Is there anything though that you really miss that you can't get there? Um, apart from the I rain. Miss apart from the rain, I suppose. The rain. I miss the farmers markets, and I miss I miss the English market. I love kind of meandering through them. You don't really get that here because yeah. you obviously can't have an outdoor market. Yeah, yeah. But I miss those kind. Of, oh, and fresh fruit and vegetables. Really? Out here, they're all imported and they're rotten. Really? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, it's a pity. Yeah, yeah. So tomatoes especially and stuff like that, it's just not good. So I miss those kind of things. I know one of your first ports of calls back in Cork will be the English market for fresh fruit and veg, bit of fish, nice bit of fresh meat and what have you, isn't that right? That's, oh, absolutely. I I love that place. It's, It's so good. Yeah, and the farmer's market in Douglas and stuff, yeah. It's a really good buzz as well. It's it's a lovely place. Sounds to me as if you're buzzing to get back. Yeah, it's been a long time. Um, it's 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 either now or never. So yeah, no looking forward to it and right. settling back home. All so right. yeah, safe yeah, trip. Can you can you actually yeah. get a ninety nine there as in a cone with the whipped ice cream mm. and the flake? No, no. I mean, the closest you're going to get, and it's not nice, and it's more often than they're not broken. Is McDonald's? You know the the soft serve that they have there, but they don't have ice cream like. We, they, I've never seen a 99 out here, actually. There's a lot of never. Irish people and Cork people working in Saudi, though, isn't there? Um, yeah, there is. There's plenty. And in Bahrain as well. Um, we go over to the rugby club there and there's loads of people. They, there's an Irish society out there and... Yeah, there's Irish everywhere. <laughs> They're great for spreading their everywhere. wings. And so are you. Anyway, enjoy the That's last it. few weeks there. Safe trip home, Thank you very safe much. flight. And uh, good luck to you Thank and the family. You. Take care, Amy. Thank you so much. Cheers, Take care, all bye. the best. You're talking about families from one family to another. On Monday's programme, I spoke with uh, the mum of Leah Ford, uh, who hasn't been going to school and hasn't been in school for 125 days. I was chatting with her mother, Michelle, on the air on Monday. 
because she really was at her wit's end because her daughter should be in school. Um, there was issues with regards to her feeding in school. I see the story is back in this morning's examiner today. Just a very fast call uh, to see because it sounds as if it's good news to me. They've got confirmation that a nurse will be provided for Leah in her school and that should make all of the difference. Her mother, Michelle, joins me joins me by phone. Uh, so, Michelle, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are Thanks you? for taking the call. I won't, I won't keep you long, but that's the update that we got. Uh, you happy and relieved? I'm not celebrating just yet, to be honest with you, because um, it's a bit blurry as to who is funding that nurse. So... Um, why, who, who, ma- who made it happen first? Why, why was this decision made? Okay, so COPE Foundation, because we were um, not getting the support we needed, the COPE Foundation themselves advertised for a nursing position, okay? Um, and they went through the recruitment process and they, they have a nurse available now. But the, the thing with that is, is that COPE is a charity and how long would they be able to... They shouldn't be funding a nurse in the first place. Did they say that they would be funding, yeah? Well, well, that, that's the only option they had. And the, like, how long would that funding right. last? It's not, it's, not a gr- it's not a great phone line, unfortunately. I don't know if it's going to improve or not. I've had problems with phone lines the last couple of days. Are you saying to me that you won't take the place and send Leah back unless you find out who's paying for it? Yeah, so um, I, I don't want Cope to have to pay for this because they have enough to be paying for... Um, with projects like extensions and so on, and they they need the money elsewhere. But um, I want the money. It's confirmed that the funding is going to be um, supplied by the DE, sorry, DCEDIY, um, Minister Rabbit, that it's going to come from that part and that the position is going to be permanent. Okay, okay. And that we won't have to fight this every single year. Um, well, either. going going public made a huge big difference. Listen, I'll see if I can I see if I can improve that that phone line. If if so, we'll 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 chat again. My apologies for that, but uh, a lot of problems in that regard the last couple of days, and I'm sorry about it. Um, anyway, just to give a, let me give Michelle back to you guys and see if we can just improve that a little bit. We're talking about the postal services earlier on. Talking about postal service to the UK as an example, I posted a book to Scotland on the 19th of May. Postage cost me nine euro fifty. It still hasn't been delivered to my granddaughter. Prior to Brexit, they'd have got it within three days, says Mary. Um, there is a big push now on in the UK, isn't there? Uh, and I think Labour are probably leading it at this stage. Is it Labour leading it to get UK back in uh, to the EU and get out of the whole Brexit thing? Thank you. Somebody also acknowledged how 99's got their title uh, correctly stating, well, there are many different stories. Somebody told me years ago that the 99 got its name because that's the registration number on the box for shipping. 99. But apparently it's so-called because the majority of ice cream merchants in the 50s were Italian. The king of Italy had an elite bodyguard consisting of 99 men, so anything elite was called 99s by the Italian. So they called the elite ice cream a 99 as well. Thank you for that. From yesterday's programme where we were chatting on the air uh, with um, uh, the aunt of a young girl who came across, she was walking her niece to school, um, bringing her niece to school, and just by chance, what did she come across? Uh, heading and right next to a Montessori school, incidentally, was a small bag of cocaine. This is from the southern suburbs, not too far from Nemo. What a disgrace, people said. Young kids going to school. God knows what would have happened if a child had picked it up. Uh, another one here says, mad and sad. 
It's just the norm. What's so special about any particular estate, Neil? It's going on everywhere. I saw a fella shoot up in a car outside my mam's one morning. I went out to confront him. He was sitting there, not a bother, in a suit and tie with two car seats for children in the back. He probably just dropped his kids to school on the way to work. Cheeky as he was, he rolled down the window and asked me, was I okay? Going into work off his face. Nobody knows. Nobody probably knows it either. So don't be surprised where you find drugs these days. Uh, one or two more on this. It's going on everywhere. Is anyone's particular estate made of gold anymore? People need to take their heads out of the clouds. Um, uh, maybe you should think of the person who had this. They might have an addiction that they might have to fight every day to block out their own reality. Just be lucky it's not you, and thank God. You're entitled to say that, but I think that's quite hurtful to somebody who actually was walking children to Montessori and found a bag of cocaine, notwithstanding that the person who dropped it or whatever probably has issues in their life. But you have to look it through the eyes of somebody with children. Come on. You know, are children not allowed to play outside in the estate in the green areas of their parks without this stuff going on? Uh, one, two more. Odds are that it fell out of one of his parents, of the parents' cars while taking the kids to crash. Interesting. Thank you for those. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Corks Red FM. Okay, I flipped my conversation with Michelle, the mother of Leo Ford, to WhatsApp. Hopefully that'll be a little bit better to finish the conversation. So, Michelle, can you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay. Um, this nurse, though, that will be appointed to St. Paul's Special School of Montanati will help many children, not just not just Leah. You know what I'm saying? That's right, Jeff. Because there, um, in the past, when when the first nurse was um, employed by Cope or by the HSE, that was to support two special classes, and there's eight now. Mm. So the nurse that's up there at the moment is run ragged. She doesn't even get a time to have a lunch break. Because she's going from class to class to support at, at different times to support those kids. Well, Cope, when, now when have, Cope now have said worse to the effect that they've identified a suitable candidate that will be hired. That would lead you mm-hmm. to believe that they're going to be paying. Are you saying that Leah won't go to school in September if Cope are paying? Well, I don't think it's fair. You know, I don't think it's fair for Cope to pay. That money should be spent elsewhere. They were driven to advertise for this post because they need a, a second nurse in the school and they wanted to get Leah back to school. So I don't think it's fair that COPE should pay for this position when the money should be coming from the HSE mm-hmm. or the Department for Children on Equality Disability, mm-hmm. um, Minister Rabbits. You were telling us earlier in the week that uh, Leah has a rare chromosome disorder, can't walk or talk and is tube fed at a special diet and the staff wouldn't or couldn't or the union told them that they couldn't feed Leah. Hence the predicament you find yourself in made worse then by being bounced around from all different government departments. Isn't that the case? Yeah, Yeah. that's right, yeah. Yeah. It's taken months to get to where we are and it's still not confirmed. We got an email yesterday from Minister Rabbit's office to say that um, they were informed that a nurse that nursing support would be in place for Leah and other children in September. I don't know how they were informed, um, to be honest with you. Um, and then they said that Cope Foundation had identified a candidate for this position. So that's fine. But are they paying for it? And will it be a full-time position? Yeah. Do you feel guilty about this? Guilty about 
What? Sorry. About, about, okay, definitely a nurse will be hired, but because of the scenario you found yourself in, oh, that yeah. it's going to cost COPE and it'll come out of charitable contributions. Yeah, I would feel guilty. So I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't um, be comfortable with that, you know. So what does that mean come September then? Well, I'm hoping that I will get confirmation from um, Minister Rabbit's office today to say that they will be providing the funding. Right. That would be the hope. Okay. Um, it's my 40th birthday today, so that would be the icing on the cake. Good, happy right? birthday. But if, if it yeah, is okay. COPE um, that are going to pay, what's your next move? To be honest with you, um, I'm hoping it won't come to that. I, 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 I think it would be an absolute disgrace if that would be the case. Okay, okay. You know, watch, this space. watch this space. Yeah, watch yeah. this space. Um, okay. Okay. I, I told Leah this morning that, she, you know, um, hopefully she'll be going back to school and that she'll be back with her friends again. And she she was smiling. So, you know, I but want... I you'll want have to follow through on that promise regardless then, won't you, I Michelle? Will. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, I will keep on top of it. And there's other people helping me out. Um, I wouldn't have got to where we are without them. Good. Um, and it's just, um, you know, not really fair that we had to go to all these lengths to get what we want. Yeah. Um, but hopefully it will be um, sorted today okay. and Leah okay. will be back to school in September. Okay. All too That's often it. families have to go public to share their plight to get something done. A lot of the time it works and hopefully in your case there will be a satisfactory resolution. Watch this space. Well, we'll wait and see what happens next. All right. Okay. All the best and happy birthday thanks to you many. today. Have a great oh, day. Thank you. Thanks Take care. Many. Cheers. Bye bye. Uh, keep an eye on that one. Text 0868104106 from yesterday's program. We're talking about the fair deal scheme, and it really is awful what families find themselves in now. Don't know what the. I talk about next moves. I don't know what the next move will be now regarding Beaumont Residential uh, Nursing Home and taking fair deal uh, residents or not, but a lot of response to it yesterday. Uh, because the government, uh, the HSC and the uh, National Treatment Purchase Fund won't pay the extra that's needed to keep them in the homes that they're now in with the friends that they're in and certainly in the case of Boma Nursing Home where they are happy. Uh, the policy, Neil, is to nationalise all nursing homes, a totalitarian authority, authoritarian system where the government wants to legalise euthanasia and all the nursing homes will let Dr Death in to carry out the final solution. They're all in favour of this. That's quite extreme, isn't it? CUH, Mercy and South Infirmary are at full capacity. Doesn't that tell you that Cork needs a new hospital to accommodate an increasing population? Certainly it does. When you hear from the census that was released uh, yesterday, that people are living longer and there are more people coming into the country and that's putting an incredible drain on education, on health, welfare and housing. The main focus of the government now is to close down and stop any criticism, dissent and protest against any of their policies through their draconian hate speech bill. The government will decide what hate is. It's totally subjective. Even standing silently near a building can be deemed a hate crime as in the UK. They are taking our hard-won freedom away and we need to stop it, says Sean. Yeah, that, that bothers me actually, this new hate bill. I understand some of the motivation behind it, but it is quite wide and broad. It, it probably ultimately will see the likes of me uh, being taken off air, depending on how they construe what they deem to be hate speech uh, and confusing it with somebody's opinion. 
Lisa says, how can the government stand over this news, supplying modular houses to 70 Ukrainians when the Irish people in nursing homes may have to be uprooted, upsetting all residents and their families? Shame on all in the government, says Lisa. And that's probably a a typical text, actually, that will be covered and will be deemed hate speech under the new bill. Incitement to hatred, a text like that. Not saying that about you, Lisa, but I'm just telling you how broad these rules will be. Uh, I work as a nurse and some of those private nursing homes are just so greedy. I got offered 11.25 an hour by one nursing home outside Cork City. I understand their issues, but some of them aren't paying nurses properly either. 11.25 an hour. The fair deal is unfair. Why is it so high for people who worked all their lives in this country? They should not be paying at all for any kind of care in any homes. They've already earned that, surely. It's sickening, Neil, says Marie poor people. Same again, if you're Irish and lived, worked and contributed to the running of the country, it counts for nothing. Yet people are coming to the country without and with paperwork and the state will find a roof over the head and money in their pockets. The elderly, when they need help, are tossed aside. We're a great country, as long as you're not Irish, it seems, says Cullum. Uh, another one, people need to think long and hard where they tick the box in the next election. A country where illegal immigrant is the victim and those who oppose it are demonised. McBarry will make a d- speech in the Dáil about the loss of 40 jobs and nearly 100 Irish people will be without a home next week. He's a great fellow protesting for migrants, but our elderly are old news. And just uh, two more migrants from Sudan heading to the UK. When the Brits are finished processing them, guess where they will head next. For over a year, I've sent in posts from Active Patriot in relation to undocumented men crossing the channel. I said back then that a huge proportion of these men would end up in Ireland, and I was correct. The authorities only last week admitted they couldn't put a number on these men that have accessed the country from Northern Ireland on the Stranraer Ferry. I also said to watch parties like the Irish Nationalist Party gain huge support and traction. Look what's happening to Sinn Féin and Paul Murphy in the likes of Talla. They're being hounded and I'm convinced that politicians are being paid backhanders to allow this mad immigration policy. The country's on a very dangerous precipice and when far-right candidates get into the doll, I hope they don't come out scratching their heads asking... How did this happen, that we have far-right TDs? We, the people, were betrayed by the main parties decades ago, and in my view, says Bobby, that is treason. Text 0868 104 106, back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086 8104 Red FM. Big response to companies moving overseas, uh, certainly following on the TELUS story this morning. I just wanted to say, Neil, that this has been happening for years. Bourne's Electronics was in Mahan for 50 years and moved to Mexico in the early 2000s for cheaper manufacturing costs. And Bournes went to Mexico. We are moving businesses from west to east. We're moving people from east to west. Go figure, says somebody else. And just two more. Multinational firms are getting out before Mick Barry and his ultra left wing buddies get into power and tax the life out of the companies, says Paddy. Could that be said about the prospect of Sinn Féin in government as well, I wonder? And another one. Sometimes people are forgetting when it comes to outsourcing, it's the local and cultural knowledge. If you call about your utility bill or your Airbnb booking, you're speaking to somebody from Asia or Eastern Europe, they do not have the same knowledge as someone from Ireland. It's also the case that very often they cannot apply the same policies as someone who is, say, working directly in the same country 
as the account. How many people have called a helpline only to be put through to someone from a non-English speaking country who doesn't understand them and responds with scripted answers? When a company tells you that they put their customers first, you know this isn't true. Profit trumps customer service every time. Yeah, I get what you're saying about overseas call centres, but it's a damn side better than bots when you go onto a chat uh, on a place uh, company's website and you find that you're not actually talking to a person at all. And that's the most frustrating thing at all. It is just robotic, automated, pre-written scripts where they give you option after option after. Don't even bother with those because by the time you get to the end of them, they won't have solved your problem at all. But companies think it's the way to go uh, to take out human contact and human interaction. Um, I'll give you an example of human interaction working at best. You know Mayo Cafe on Pope's Key? Do you remember about a fortnight ago there was great coverage of uh, Mayo's Cafe because they put in that chess uh, table and chess pieces on Pope's Key and everybody loves a good story and we were all talking about it and it's fantastic and I'd say that it's absolutely flying down there. There's funding available for that kind of thing incidentally but anyway more on that in a second but Liam Mulaney, Mulaney is the man who has Mayo Cafe it's a great cafe and it's rocking and doing the business. Liam good morning. Good morning how so, are you getting on? Talking about, good talking about human interaction you know and not robots and not artificial intelligence yeah. you can't get better than a um a chess table and playing chess on Pope's Key, I guess, right? <laughs> That's it, Neil. It's absolutely, absolutely transformed the key. We put the boards in there about three weeks ago and young and old are there daily. People are coming over from the mall on a lunch break and having a game of chess heading back. Um, it's fantastic. <laughs> and they play on into the evening. You know, it's really lovely. Okay, so actually, when, you, when yeah. you say the boards, like, who built them? What are they made of? So... We, they're made of old cork limestone. There were pillars that came from, we, we're not sure whose house we think was the old Ben Dunn estate out in Tivoli that was knocked for the tunnel. And they were just lying in the yards down in Mahan. The council had them. So we have, we had, I had a design and went to a stone carver called Tommy Lysett. Um, and we were looking at Kilkenny limestone initially and it wasn't sitting well with Tommy. And the next thing, somebody mentioned this, these stones that were down in the yard. We went down, we found them. They're just absolutely stunning. They oh, like that's they were a there, you know? fantastic story. Piece of Cork limestone, yeah. Cork heritage. May have come from Beaumont Quarry or something like that, ultimately, you know? Yeah, we made we involved the um, members of the Simon community then in working with the stones. Tommy does a lot of work down there on the Vic Road with them and we carved beautiful pieces from from old Cork marble um, and uh, some some Kilkenny limestone as well on the pieces. But the project was amazing. We involved as many people as we could into it. So this this is going on to the placemaking grant. It's like the, it was up to ten thousand um, euro there, and I'm not sure that people know that it's there. Do you know? So like any little just pockets all over the city, little plazas or little green spaces, places that people have kind of forgotten about or maybe expecting, you know, the council to come and do something with us. And I think, you know, the pride of place, I think people make the place. So I would I would uh, suggest that to people in a community. If you see a space, maybe it's maybe there's rubbish there, it's, it's a bit uh, uncared for. Come up with an idea, have a little dream about it. Could be alternative seating, lighting, a chessboard or glass board, you know, and then involve as many as you can in the community with it because it's the people that make the place. And is, is each grant application um, eligible for 10 grand? 
up to up to ten thousand, right. absolutely. So it can be as small or as big as as you can come up with, you know. That's incredible what you did with those old yeah. pillars because you have the wide table bit at the top and then you got the limestone pedestal under it and somebody then inset the chessboard into it, right? We went over, We went over, Tommy went over to the Carrera Marble Mines in Italy and we wanted to kind of <laughs> reflect the diversity in the community there. So we have onyx in, in one from Pakistan and we have onyx from South Africa in the other. So you have that you know, representing again the community that's there in that area. Okay. Now, playing chess or sitting at a chess table like yours, beautiful and all as it is, is no good if you haven't got the chess pieces. Where did they come from? There you go. Well, as I said, we made some. We made some with Kilkenny marble and with some old, uh, or Kilkenny limestone and old cork marble. And members of the Simon community made those. And then we've had a donation of various chess pieces as well from the Cork Chess Club as well. So people can get them. We have them in the shop all the time and they can just leave a little deposit, take the, take the pieces out and work away. Nobody's done a runner with the king or the queen or the knight or the rook. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's been no hijacking or ransoms yet anyway. No, no. Because <laughs> can people just rock up with their own chess pieces? And some people do as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because like, we, we close in the evening so people are using it. And we have we have a chess tournament. We're actually launching Oh, I was just going to ask you, are you going to do something yeah. like that? Like a blitz? We are. We have the inaugural <laughs> lovely chess tournament. And we have a wonderful sponsorship from MC2 uh, Accountants and Seamus Parfrey and Parfrey Murphy. And they've donated a thousand euro. So we're going to have, we actually, people, lovely chess or at gmail.com if people are interested. We already have quite a few signed up. So it'll be open to all ages. We have an under 14 section, an adult section, and then there's a blitz. (laughs) When is it? This is starting from the 10th of June. So, yeah, we can accept as many as possible. If there's more than 64, we'll we'll get some stuff going online and then we'll we'll have up to... 70 games played over the summer. Get people off their smartphones there. and off their laptops and well, their tablets. there you go. There <laughs> you go. So if somebody yeah. wants to register for the tournament, how can they do it? So it's lovelychess at gmail.com. Simple. Lovelychess.gmail.com. It's yeah, fantastic. So I'm, yeah. I'd say people are enjoying the playing chess and weather like this. It's stunning down by the key. You know, it really is. And I think we definitely, there's room for more of that around the city as well. Food Nobody going well, your your toasties are going well, and the pies and oh, the tortillas and the away, quiches. Yeah. <laughs> we're tipping away and eating all the time. Yeah. Fair play. Yeah, no, Beautiful place good. to be on Pope's Key. Well done for making the difference. So that's amazing. And how can people go about getting anything up to 10 grand on a local project? Where would they find so more about that? It, 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 so that's on the Cork City Council's website. And if you just type in placemaking there, it'll bring you to it. Um, and like we, we've done a lot of street arts. We're involved... Um, I call Feel Good Inc. over there on Academy Street. Uh, Decent stuff O'Rourke. like you wouldn't want graffiti getting 10 grand to graffiti well, we did, ice. They did the tattoo artists who came and tattooed the bridge with symbols from Newgrange and we have the ah, standing knowledge on one side and we did a mural with uh, some Ukrainian children that were up in the in the that were in the the, the hostel up in Shandon yeah. and you know, we just involved as many people in the community as we could. Yeah, so, good, uh, man. good man. I so think I think uh, Kachina did um, a mobile kitchen and a shipping container or something. Did they? <laughs> something like that. That's right. Did, they did exactly. Yeah. So again, there's all these little architecturally. There's all these little spots around the city, and I think people maybe sometimes think, okay, 
you know, the council can do anything with them or whatever. Really, it's empowering people to take the initiative to go out and just maybe sometimes even don't ask permission. Put in an old seat or put in some, you know, bird boxes or a bug hotel or something. So it's all about biodiversity. You know, that's a big one around the city as well. Making the city Um, more beautiful, more amenable, more usable, just like you've done. Well done. Do you play yourself? Are you handy? I do a little bit. I'd be more of a draft man. I'm up in Trigo at the minute at the home place here, looking over on Queen Maeve's grave. So, oh man, I wish I was there. Champion, I wish yeah. I was there, sitting looking at Queen Maeve's grave with the with the with go. the draft champion of Ireland. Mind yourself. There you go. Take care, you go. All the Thank best. You. Cheers. Thank you. Well done. So check out Cork City's website. If you've got an area within your own community that you think could do with a bit of TLC, there's up to ten grand available to help. It worked for Mayo Cafe. It could work for you. Text oh eight six. 8104106 pick up the phone on 0818104106 um, from yesterday's programme a lot of different texts and emails from people who were very very annoyed about um, you know the disparity in this country when we look at the nursing homes we look at our children we look at autistic services a couple of weeks back I was on the air talking about people who are carers and how they're treated and all of those have one thing in common. They, to a large extent, there are people who are vulnerable and in need of extra help, but that just doesn't happen in this country. And I think it's an absolute disgrace. The silent have to go public to have their plights heard to make any difference. Anyway, Veronica, good morning. Good morning, Ian. How are you? I'm good. And there's reams of texts from people who are very, very angry um, that, uh, you know, it is so hard for people who need help the most. And most recently, of course, uh, people in nursing homes that technically may have nowhere to go next month. Your own thoughts? Okay, so my mother was in Beaumont for seven years. She passed away, sadly, five years ago, and I found it amazing. Yeah. This company who bought um, Beaumont and who have three other nursing homes in Cork City, our suburbs, support a French teacher's um, pension fund. Yeah, that's, there's support. nothing There's nothing exclusively new in that, you know. There's a massive nope, Canadian pension fund uh, very much active in Ireland as well. Okay, but my point is they have 25% of the 16 nursing homes in Cork City and suburbs now at the moment. Mm, mm. And I believe they're buying up the nursing homes and will continue to buy up any people who are selling up because they can charge what they like if they privatise and say no more fair deal. Now you're entitled to say that if you can back it up. I can't back it up, but on Monday one of the patient's family members mentioned that if they were looking for places for some of the patients, where would they find them? And she said they were told they had 26 places in their other three homes that they were holding for them. And I think they were just getting an extra 15 euros each for those patients. That's all, yeah. But that won't go anywhere near enough. No, what I'm saying is if they could move them for 15 euros at the moment, why not take the 15 euros per person from each family and continue on the same race. Well, I made a a point to Stuart Murphy, the CEO of Care Choice on the air, um, and he he sounds very genuine to me and and very upset. He's the CEO. But I was saying, is this not just, um, you know, private nursing homes trying to turn the heat up so ultimately they can continue to raise prices because they know that Fair Deal will bill it? I honestly think it is. And I know as well that when they took over Beaumont, a lot of the senior nursing staff left and a lot of the other staff left, and I know about outside and about, about, you know. Um, 
the quality of the tea, the coffee and the biscuits and I can give, guarantee you I have backup for this. Yeah. They just improved completely. Yeah. And one patient in particular was actually buying biscuits and coffee out of his own money down in Blackpool when he was taking on shopping visits to do that. Okay, okay. That's sad to hear that it's maybe co- cost, costs are being shaved to increase profits. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you all believe that profit. generally this is about big international, multinational pensions coming in and others like them buying up yeah, businesses like this that they don't want fair deal, that ultimately they want top dollar only from private people? Absolutely. And we're screwed then going forward. I'm in my 60s myself and I can't see any nursing places for us unless the likes of St. Bars stays open and the likes of um, the North, uh, the orthopedic. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's okay. nothing really else around here. Um, St. Luke's is, is a semi-private. I'm not sure. And with the census but yesterday, of course, people living longer... Um, it's going to put even more pressure on what we're going to do. They're saying because people are living longer, it will also impact on, um, you know, the pension fund that we'll either have to yep. tax more or people will have to work longer. Because with healthcare now, people are living longer. So it was that a poor man, like the other day, was worried about having to sell the house to keep his wife in the nursing right. home. Yeah. That's exactly what's going to happen for us going forward. That's right. That's right. Our okay. families won't get anything because there will be nothing left in the pack to give them. Okay, but there hasn't been any updates since, say, yesterday with regards to what's going to happen next, no? I didn't hear anything since. Nor did I. No. Nor did I. Okay, all right. Thanks, Veronica. Take care. I wonder You're if anybody would agree or disagree that ultimately this is all about privatisation. This is all about profit, wherever it can be got from. Um, one or two other texts on it, actually, that came in to 0868104106, is that it's the legacy issue all over again. You see, we have the same political parties in power for the last 100 years, and they fail to invest in our country in any significant way whatsoever. The political will... Uh, to do things better just doesn't exist here. Like I said, division is the new world order and we need a complete change of our political system. When politicians, particularly senior ones in Cork, look for re-election in Cork, say, Micheál Martin in Cork South Central, his minions spend most of the time talking about the work he has done in the local area and keep harping on about the smoking ban. These, as far as I'm concerned, are not relevant towards picking a politician to represent our country on a global scale. I actually believe less TDs, better working councils and put in checks and balances that actually work, not unlike the private sector. So if you are not doing a good job, then you are gone. Interestingly, part of the census yesterday actually reminded us that we will have more TDs now. And the reason we'll have more TDs, of course, is that we have more people uh, living longer and more coming in. So they figure we need... I don't know what the figure was. Was it another 25 or 26 or 27 TDs? as if we hadn't got enough. Great topic you're running here. Here's a question. Why are so many uh, people from overseas coming here up to and including people fleeing war? Are they arriving from far eastern parts of the Ukraine? Are there are countless videos in Kiev, residents living very normal lives. Why not go on booking.com and see Kiev? There's 933 properties available consisting of tens of thousands of rooms and just as many in the next five largest cities in Ukraine. You never talk about this. Yet our hotels are being used to accommodate them. Um, Are they really here for genuine reasons? Well, I I don't know what to say about that. I understand people's anger and annoyance and frustration at the amount of money that's spent and then services in Ireland that are chronically underfunded uh, suffer and people have issues regarding jobs or trying to find somewhere to live or hospital waiting lists and queues. 
Um, but on the other hand, of course, our obligation is our obligation. Um, I, I think that at this stage, and many people have been saying it, that really I don't know that we can actually take any more because it is just chaotic now at this stage. And that is not meant in any way disparaging to those that are seeking help and refuge in countries like Ireland. I think it's just a reality to a large extent. Back after 11, and after 11, a lot of other things, including our seventh and final episode of You Couldn't Make This Up. Coming up on the Neil Prendival Show, an Irish woman's story of a life in the fast lane. We had this magical wedding coming up, like my life was perfect. Dozens of connections, hundreds of millions of euro, and then it turned to chaos. I'm trying to tell a toddler that her father is gone. A story of love and loss and a man who needs to be heard to be believed. Jamie used to always say to me, you couldn't make this up. Catch the new podcast, You Couldn't Make This Up, on the Neil Prendival Show weekdays from 9am on Cork's Red FM. And listen to the entire series from Wednesday 31st of May on the Go Loud app and wherever you get your podcasts. Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM. And it's day three of our giveaways for Musgrave Park, uh, Monday 26th of June, Florence and the Machine. Play Musgrave Park, I've double passes just before midday today when I open the phone lines. Code line tickets tomorrow and the 1975 from Musgrave Park on Friday. Also, chatting this morning with Wendy from Hanley's, we were talking all things gardening uh, and, you know, furniture and, you know, all sorts of stuff they'd be buying barbecues and things and she said that uh, Jim Hanley says he wants me to take uh, an Umi pizza oven it's worth almost 400 euro this thing can you have to prep it but the pizza oven or the pizza machine will make it within 60 seconds I'd love to see a pizza that'll cook in 60 seconds but there you go uh, if you want to whip up something something quick I assume it does the same with stuff that you might buy frozen but anyway we'll have that as well to give away if you'd like that as an addition to the garden. It's the Uni Pizza Oven. It's amazing what people are buying now, the different kind of equipment that you can get for the home. But again, many people just love the back garden and lovely opportunities to socialise with family and friends when the weather is good. So lines open. You can text 0868104106. Just one correction here to a texter who said, according to RT1 News Teletext, we are spending €386 euro a week for Ukrainian refugees. It's up on the teletext. Well, if it is, it's wrong because that figure is not right. The actual figure is that we are spending 30 million per week housing Ukrainian refugees. It's still a huge amount of money, don't get me wrong. Uh, but 386 million, that is not right. That's, um, um, what is that, 12 or 13 times more than it actually is. Back after the break, uh, episode seven of You Couldn't Make This Up. It's the final episode of our podcast series and just after midday today, all seven episodes will then be loaded as a podcast and available um, on the Go Loud app, Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, so the whole lot of them will be up as one podcast after midday today. Episode seven after the break. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818 104 106. 
The seventh and final episode there of You Couldn't Make This Up. And just at midday today, all seven episodes will be uh, uploaded as a podcast series to the GoLoud app, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. But I just want to say thank you to the team because uh, it's um, a series that we've been working on since um, late January, believe it or not. It took a lot of time and a lot of recordings and a lot of work. So originally myself and Seamus were working on it and then Kevin got involved, obviously, with... uh, a lot of very important input um, up to and including quite an amount of serious editing and Claire was involved and Mark Willington as well who did the final edits and also added all of the imaging so it was a big team effort and thank you to them all but most importantly uh, to Kathleen for her bravery and telling her her personal story you know life can be life can be cruel and sometimes unfortunately bad things happen to good people you know falling in love the perfect life too perfect And as Kathleen says, that uh, if something is too good to be true, it probably is. Um, Relationships, I suppose, I learned from the the podcast series that they're built on love and trust, but it has to be both ways. It's a story also, uh, if you've listened to every single episode, that involves two children uh, and betrayal on lots of different levels, um, litany of debt, uh, money owed to numerous, numerous companies and individuals, uh, many, many of them indeed, Indeed, Kathleen and her children, pawns on a chessboard, moved around to suit the next pre-planned move, if you like. And central to it all, central to all of this was was Kathleen, an unwary participant in a in, in, a, in, a, in a carefully written script, left to deal with the fallout over a four-year period. Um, I mean, it's a, a series that features manipulation and gaslighting and claims of baby brain and, ah, oh, you're forgetful, ah, uh, oh, you're confused, uh, awful things to be put through. And the fallout then... Rob's children of their formative years and Kathleen of valid, valuable quality time with their with their children during um, during her rearing, and then serious consequences for her mental and physical health. Uh, episodes of postnatal depression, uh, post traumatic stress disorder, suicidal thoughts, bedridden depression, uh, the potentiality of homelessness with two children and something like forty forty euro in the bank. So can you imagine what it must be like to believe that you had almost a quarter of a billion in the bank, you know, over 200 million in the bank? Can you imagine believing that to be the case? Um, because there was a lot of the times, of course, that Kathleen actually did. And during this time, interacting with 17 different individuals who she never met, uh, all of whom had their own fascinating lives, many of them supposedly millionaires in their own right, like a web of deceit being spun around her and... I guess at some stage we found throughout the course of the podcast that she had to try and break free. So it's the story of that as well, the the coming through and and the surviving. And I spent many hours talking with Kathleen, Kathleen, and she never veered from her story. Even for me, it was exhausting listening to what she innocently went through for so long. And yet she told it in a very concise, chronological matter, fact way, sometimes with humor, uh, often with sadness. And the amount of other people that we engaged with and interacted with and affidavits that we received from people who were involved in this story and businesses that were involved uh, who didn't want to be necessarily part of the podcast, stacks of corroborating evidence from many sources and all of it, time after time after time, backing up her story and the story of, of others. But she never backtracked, she never sought to clarify, she never sought to change anything, she never changed her mind. A very impressive woman indeed. Uh, And to the people who've been asking me, was it fact or or fiction? This is not a a work of fiction. I don't know if you could write it or even come up with an idea like this. Uh, This was not fiction. This was fact. Uh, You couldn't make this up. So thanks to all that were involved in it. It's been a long journey and it's now 
or at least it will be in about 15 minutes time available as a podcast series on the GoLoud app, Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Sun is shining, has been for quite some time and will for some time to come. We've got a bank holiday weekend ahead and next week is great. I'm sure the people will be heading to the beaches, but yet, of course, somebody drops the ball. Catherine, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Oh, that's another problem with the phone. Are you and you all yesterday? Yes, I was. It was beautiful down there. Okay. Um, okay. We were kind of near right all right. Okay. I'm going to flip you over to WhatsApp if at all possible. I don't know. I don't even know if I'm going to be here tomorrow. I don't know how I'm going to work with the phone lines, but this is a day three of a chronic problem. I've been using WhatsApp all morning and this morning. Um, so if you can just flip Catherine to WhatsApp if possible. And while that's happening, let me see if the line is any better on three for Councillor Mary Lynn. And Mary, good morning. Can you hear me? Good morning, Neil. Can you hear me? That's fine now so far, so fingers crossed. What Catherine said, right, she was in Yall yesterday. She went to the toilet on Front Strand and she describes them as a disgrace. Five portaloos, two not working, three were working, no loo paper, nowhere to wash your hands and the toilets were absolutely disgusting. That's a tourist town. Sun is shining. What's going on? I don't know what's going on, Neil, but I was down there over the weekend and there was no issue whatsoever with the toilets. Now, I will say two of the toilets were broken, as in the wind caught the doors, so they're being fixed today as we speak. Um, Did you check all of them? Not all of them, only where I was on the front strand myself, so I'm not sure what area she, the lady is talking about. She said there's five toilets, I guess, portaloos next to each other. I can find out and see if this is any better. Well, Catherine, good morning. Good morning, Neil. That's better. Where were you? Uh, we were on the strand up near um, towards Redburn area and we walked down them to where the old Mary's used to be. Okay, down around Clancy's Bar and Restaurant, close enough to that end of it. Yeah, because that's the only area where there's a public toilet. Okay, in the, ba- in the, in the bar restaurant? No, we walked down to the, the. Do you know where the public toilet is on the street? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know there is one. But is it the public toilet or the portaloos? Well, there it was a public toilet from years ago, but now they're portaloos. And the condition of them? Shocking, shocking, absolutely shocking. Um, not being maintained. No facilities in there. No soap. No hand hand uh, paper towels to dry. No toilet paper. No seat on the toilet. Absolutely dreadful, dreadful. Were they cleaned the toilets or were no, they? No, no, they no. were dirty and the portaloos. I don't know. What, they were all rust underneath. They were just disgusting, disgusting. Okay, okay. Did you use them in spite of the condition? Well, I had to because I was in a state at this stage. I wouldn't have made it home. That's what she's we talking about. The... Yeah, go on. Yeah. We were just down there for the, for the day. Um, and so we walked right down to the end, you know, well, you know, where the old uh, okay. Mary's used so to be. So you were forced to use them even though they were disgusting. Yes, Yes, okay. exactly. Okay, uh, um, Councillor, Councillor Linhan, that's what she's describing. Okay, okay. I know exactly the toilets. They're the five that are down where our new toilet facilities are going, but obviously they're not there yet. Um, well, as soon as I got the phone call this morning, I reported it anyway. And what's wrong with two of them is the wind caught the doors and they're to be fixed. We're having an issue as well with toilet rolls. 
as in um, every morning the council workers it's a contractor that we have the toilets from and there's more going in the front strand as well for this weekend like they are all over don't 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 put them in there if you can't maintain them it's disgusting it's a well, health hazard they were yeah. mainta- they it's- were maintained they were maintained they're maintained every morning at eight o'clock Neil and I can vouch on that. So what happened between... I don't think so. I'm sorry now because there was very little, very few people there yesterday. And for you to say they were maintained is a lie because they were shocking. And and two two of them weren't working. They were locked. Yeah, two of them, two of them are broken because the doors were caught in the wind. <laughs> and I'm not lying. I'm not lying about toilets. Why would I have a reason to lie? We have council workers who go out every morning at 8 o'clock. They fill them with toilet roll and they clean them. They make sure the soap as you're going in the door is filled. So I'm very sorry. It wasn't filled. Sure, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, it, was, they couldn't have been filled. They were empty. There was nothing in those toilets. There was no soap. There was no uh, paper to dry your hands. There was no seat on the toilet. And there was no toilet paper. Now did, I've been. Did someone around... go in after the cleanup, um, the morning cleanup, and trash the place? Maybe. Oh, I do. I doubt that. I doubt that, Neil. You said there's that. a problem with toilet roll. How can there be a problem with toilet roll? You put enough in there, people use it and they move on. Yes, exactly. What's the problem yeah, with there... the loo roll, Mary? Um, there's there seems to be an issue when it's. When the loo roll is put into the toilets, it seems to be disappearing, Neil. Um, it's happening. It happened again last summer for a while. So the council workers have to keep continuously going out there, putting back more loo roll. Somebody in y'all or wherever is robbing the loo roll in the portal loos on y'all front strand. I don't well, know if they're robbing us, but it's going missing, basically. Lots of it. Yeah. Oh, no. A fair amount. No, I a fair amount. I... I met a couple who, who actually have a mobile home down there just as we came out of the loo. And I said, I had to use that loo there. It's disgusting. She said, they're vile. Don't go near them if you can. And she's, she's a, a resident down there during the summer. And she says that historically they're vile. Don't go near them. Not on any yes, particular day. All of them. Yes. Okay. Don't okay. go near them. Okay. Who is this? For, a is this a private co- like y'all's a big summer town? You're looking for yes, summer dollars. Uh, yes, to be to be honest, yes, like the sun is shining. Yes, These things yes, have to be. It's very, it's very unfortunate to be honest, Neil. That um, you know, this has happened. But look, what I will do in my capacity because I'm a public representative. I'll make sure and I speak to the relevant bodies that be to make sure that the loos are looked after, that there's ample toilet roll there. If there's not, we'll get more and we'll keep an eye on it. But they, sure whoever's taking it will just... Are they taking loads of it? I don't know, Neil. All right. I don't know what no, I know, I mean, and I don't mean but to don't put you to, on the spot. Like, but. seriously, like, seriously, I can't come on a radio show and say what's happening. All I said was, it is disappearing at times, okay. the toilet roll. Okay. And, it's been well, in the morning at 8 a.m. I walk down there myself. The guys are there. They're cleaning, and they're... But hold on, I, I, I haven't seen them. Catherine, is, is it your opinion that what you saw would lead you to believe that it's not clean daily? No, no, it's not because I, I've used uh, the toilets facilities before in y'all and even before the, they put those portaloos by the public toilets, they were even worse again. But now they've they've boarded up the public and they've put portaloos out. They've never maintained Why the public toilets. Why hasn't y'all got proper public toilets open and working that everybody's proud of ahead of the yes. summer season? Do you know the it's answer like to it, that, Mary? It, 
I suppose, Neil, look, we're getting new toilet facilities in the front strand. It's over a number of years. The planning is there. Everything is done and dusted for us. But at the moment, we there's issues. We got yes. funding as well. There's issues there. The port to lose, uh, if we don't have lose, we're in trouble. If we do have lose, we're in trouble. So, like, look, I'll make All sure right. that they're clean and that toilet roll is put into them to make sure that everybody feels welcome. Okay. Because at the end of the day, it's a basic facility. It's being used and we need to make sure they're up to standard. Lou roll lifter while you're at it. Catch the Lou roll lifter. Is, is, is that a private contractor that maintains it or public authority staff? No, it's our public authority that maintains it, but they're belonging to a private contractor. We don't own them. We get them in every year, and our council guys maintain them. All right, them somebody already is on from a mobile homeowner in Yall who's there every summer. Them toilets are a disgrace all of the time. To say otherwise is go. talking rubbish. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm, all right, mm-hmm. Mary, get on the case there because it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing, right, particularly yeah. for the summer businesses down right. there, and particularly those involved in hospitality. Um, will you will you be back any there there anytime soon, Catherine? Oh, I hope to go again if the weather keeps up. Uh, but uh, again, with only one loo, one uh, public toilet, it's just, you know, it puts you off uh, staying there too long. Okay, well, with the next time you're down in the next few days, will you check it out again yeah. for me? I will, of course. Okay, yes, of appreciate course. it. Thank you. Much obliged. Thank Take you. Care Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. I'm, Bye-bye. I'm nearly out of time for the day that's in it, but it just wrecks my head that somewhere that needs the business, and God knows you all needs as big a leg up as you can get, and summer season is very important. These things is that people don't realise the importance of these things and the scale of summer tourism that these things can happen like that I don't get it anyway don't make me laugh uh, this this happened yesterday made me cry I should say this was an amazing thing uh, another cash machine winner and this time uh, down in uh, Bantryway have a listen to this 20,678.85 Stephen and Bantry you got it <laughs> <laughs> That's a long holiday. Where are you going? Sardinia and Italy. We're trying to stay for our to build a house as well, so obviously this will be brilliant. Thank you so much. <laughs> Red FM's Cash Machine. And I'm happy to say that Stephen McAuliffe joins me from Bantry. Morning, Stephen. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. It sounded to me that you didn't believe that you'd won over 20 grand, right? No, I thought it was a wind-up, to be honest. <laughs> do, you, do you still remember the amount? Uh, just about, yeah, it's written down. I have it written down in the book. <laughs> €20,678.85. What are you going to do with it? Um, we're going to holiday on Monday for a week and we're saving to start the house as well, so that will come in very handy. Well, us. it'll pay for the trip to Sardinia for sure, won't it? Just about, and a couple of phones with the kids now after. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're, are they already putting dibs on some of the money, are they? <laughs> Oh, yes, yes, big time. Big ah. time. <laughs> and, and that'll go some way to organising the deposit or the, maybe get the, 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 the foundations and maybe the first level of the house started at least. What do you think? Oh, geez, it will, of course. It'll just make a massive difference. Just Fair play to everything. So, no, it will make a massive difference. I think the Red Patrollers are with you and they brought one yeah, of those indeed. big, huge checks with them, have they? They do, they do. I'm looking at it here, yeah. Fair play to you, boy. <laughs> Fair play. How are things down Bantryway? Getting great weather to add to your celebrations? 
Yeah, it's beautiful at the moment, yeah. Yeah, right. the weather is stunning, like you couldn't have a better, to be honest. Don't bother going to Sardinia. Cancel that. Stay in West Cork. And well, next week's weather is very good as well, so... <laughs> <laughs> You're committed. All right, well, listen, yeah, congratulations. I'm delighted for you. Thank you so much for listening every day, Stephen. And 20,678 no euro. And don't forget the 85 cent. Enjoy. I will indeed, and thanks very much for ringing me. All the best, man. I'll let you get back to it. Crack open a bottle. Meanwhile, oh, listen, um, I'm an awful man for changing my mind. First things first, uh, today is Wednesday. Florence and Machine tickets from Musgrave Park from Monday the 26th of June. Lines are open for that now, so pick up the phone. Call 0818-104-106. Caller 9 wins. But you know with regards to this um, super duper uni pizza oven it's worth over 400 euro and apparently it's me does. I got a photograph of it here it's a beautiful piece of kit it almost looks like a robot with a funnel on the top of it cooks pizza in a minute and thank you to Jim Hanley at Hanley's Garden Centre for it but there's been a big response by text already people sharing stories and why they'd love to win it so rather than just giving it away let's just flip it on its head so I want your best summer sunshine memory uh, in order to get involved in this competition your best summer sunshine memory it's worth over 400 euros so let's get some stories on it we'll pick the best story then on the air tomorrow so you can text that text your best summer sunshine memory to 0868104106 or you can email neil at redfm.ie and we'll get stuck into those calls emails and texts tomorrow okay we'll get stuck into it uh, tomorrow and then we'll give it away uh, it's a better way of doing things it's easier that way congratulations Peter Long from uh, Don Manway he's got our uh, Florence and the Machine tickets for today as usual I know I'm forgetting something but I got a shift have a good day I'll see you tomorrow for more Red FM podcasts go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts